jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! Gay August, in case you haven't noticed, which means LGBT Revenge Month is over, Pride is long forgotten. It's out. It's all out the window. It's all out the window, and so what were we to do? Except... (laughs) Commit ourselves (sighs) to more torture. (laughs) Except commit ourselves to actual torture. Like, I think we haven't been tortured in quite a while yeah this is true this is true we really have uh we were able to still like exercise some agency with some of our picks recently yeah but now we've decided that august because it's the hottest worst month and nobody like who likes august even if you're born in august you're like can we skip it it's the armpit of the year it is. It's the armpit of the year. Uh, yeah. So we decided that August, we might as well just, since we feel like we're losing our minds, we might as well just lose our minds with our movie choices. With a whole month of bonk. <laughs> whole month of bonk. <laughs> Going to clown town. And uh, that's what we've done. (laughs) And now we have regrets. (laughs) And now we might have regrets on this very first episode of LGBT (laughs) fucking bonkers month. (laughs) We are both Meryl Streep looking up at the sky saying, I have doubts. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hey, I got doubts here in Boston. Which is where I am. <laughs> Which is where I am. You can tell by my accent when I park the car. <laughs> yeah, the whole what? scene, the whole movie is just Meryl Streep parking her car, <laughs> yeah. talking yeah. about it. And hey, I'm going to put on my Hobbit. <laughs> that didn't work. My Hobbit. My Hobbit. That's how you say habit with a Boston accent. It's a habit. It's a Hobbit. <laughs> Because I'm a nun. Why are all these nuns wearing New Zealanders? (laughs) Oh, nuts. Anyway. Well, uh, another thing that happened (laughs) is that the the Blair Witch Project turned 20. It's 20 I made a note of that. It turned fucking 20. Like. How is that possible? It's almost old enough to drink. I was during one of, uh, actually during, oh my God, both of our movies were the same year that we're reviewing today. Mm -hmm. Uh, And during these, I leaned over to Jason and I was like, the Blair Witch Project was only three years old at this point. Yeah. A little toddler. Well, she was a little toddler Todd's. How, what a, what a different world, right? To think of when that was new still and like people were still just kind of shitting on it after, like after the big success and then you immediately get the dudes that are like yeah i saw it he's gay (laughs) wasn't scary you're just shaky why is she such a bitch nothing happened and she's a bitch she's a bitch (laughs) i'm really glad that that's a like a trope that had that lasted through found footage for so long oh my god the entire 
course. Like everything that came after Blair Witch was like, well, the woman in it has to be a bossy bitch. Yeah. And then she pays the price. She gets everyone into trouble with her bossy headstrongness. And uh, and then they all die because of her. Death by type A woman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God bless Heather Donahue, formative queen. I mean, she really <laughs> created. Yeah. Not, I mean, honestly, she like co-authored the film. Uh, right. And also was, like, subjected to the entire worst aspect of the fan culture around it. Right. And also created so many tropes of found footage in the process. Right. And it's like, how was it all her... Like, she asked them to make this movie with her? Mm Mm-hmm. So that makes it all her fault, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she didn't kick the map into the creek. Yeah, Yeah, like some asshole cameraman. Yeah. Who like, laugh at it because they're People just didn't dudes. like her attitude because she was just all business, I guess, you know? It's true. I just, that is actually, this is a metaphor for <laughs> that era of filmmaking, like immediately post Blair Witch, where it's like Heather Donahue was a woman just trying to tell a good story, and then some bro comes along and kip, kicks the map in the river, and that's Mother of Tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, well, I mean, also she should have smiled more. Like I think yeah, it, a lot true. of it, a lot of it comes down to that. Is like she should have been nicer to them, and she should have smiled more. Yeah, it's she, like she was shooting on sixteen millimeter film. Like you don't, you can't fuck around. Like no, get it done. You got to offer a smirk every now and then if you're using sixteen. <laughs> she didn't have time. <laughs> To stand around smiling. She's too busy. She's too busy being an investigative journalist and documentarian. Exactly. She was going to get the best thesis project. That's the, the biggest tragedy of the Blair Witch Project is they died for a college project. <laughs> yeah. Just like uh, student loans and death by witch. Yeah, somebody, someone's probably still paying her student loans. Right? Oh, Ellie Kedward sitting in the Rustin Parr house, and she's like, <laughs> I tell you, Sally Mae, if I get one more bill, a pox on ye. It's nice of her to pay it, though. Yeah, she, well, you know, she's responsible. She's got that Protestant work ethic from the 1700s. <laughs> Oh boy, twenty fucking years! I just can't believe it's twenty. Like how nuts? That's it. Doesn't seem possible. I dragged my mom to a movie theater twenty years ago and said, "You're taking me to this movie." Oh. And she sat there and she totally put up with it and let me Aww. have the time of my life. It was really sweet. That's really nice. That's really nice. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, Blair Witch. I love it. Perfect movie. We're going to have to talk about it at some point. Yeah. I mean, did we on our found footage episode? I don't remember any episode. It's all... I don't even remember what we... We're only seven minutes in and I already have forgotten everything we've talked about. Today. It's all It's all left my brain. It's August, it's, baby. It's hot. It's, it's hot. It's, I'm melting. It's stuffy in my room and like... Uh, I yeah. feel like a honey-baked ham. <laughs> That's what I feel like. They do good split pea soup. I've never eaten there. I can't vouch for split pea or otherwise. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can't all be saints. That's true. This is true. I should say we do have big news. We do kind of have some some exciting stuff to talk about and to announce. It's, 
first of all, before we get to the movies, we are going to get to our very first sponsored uh, commercial, sponsored content. We have been at this for almost a year now, and we finally have some sponsors. And, uh, you know, it's not going to change us. No, we're still same, same gay lords. Same gay same lords. Gay it's just now we have someone, you know, who believes in us enough. <laughs> we have a little Michael Landon looking out for us. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We've been touched by a commercial. <laughs> <laughs> and like I said, yeah, it's not going to change our content at all. It's not going to. But you know what? A baby has to grow up sometime. So we're going to take like a one minute break for this commercial i guess and we're sorry we know that no one likes commercials but hey it's not stamps.com we only are working with businesses that we believe in um hopefully things that we think all of our listeners can get behind too and that will benefit you also so you know this is uh it's a little it's a little thing that as we grow as we expand and as we begin to get more and more listeners this is just for the sustainability of the show and hopefully it will just make us all that much more excited to be gay lords of darkness that's right. So we will be right back after this important content. <laughs> hey, it's me, Joey Tomatoes. By now, many of you know that my movie review site, www.joeytomatoes.biz.comfamurder.gov has made leaps and bounds in changing the landscape of aggregate film ranking powered by a delicious vegetable puree. Are you wondering whether or not it's safe to take Grandma to see Freddy vs. Medea? Well, you can X out of Ask Jeeves and look no further than www.joeytomatoes.biz.comfamurder.gov. And now, you can make it dinner and a movie with a visit to Joey Tomatoes' homestyle marinara kitchen. A partner of Kenny Rogers Roasters. Where you can enjoy a whole slew and stew of family dishes like pasta, raviolis, pasta, and more. Mm-mm. Sign up for our app today with key code Deborah Hill. Who the fuck is Deborah Hill? Anyway, uh, sign up and you get a free monthly bottle of Joey Tomatoes Homestyle Marinara, and you can get your Netflix and chill on with Grandma at home. What? Joey Tomatoes. My food won't give you green splats, but my reviews will. Uh, we're back. We're back. So please visit uh, our sponsor. That wasn't so right? bad, was it? It wasn't so bad. No. Hopefully. Just a little it, here and there. It allows great content to continue on this show, to talk about seminal films. <laughs> From seminal genres. From seminal genres, like... The two films we're going to talk about today. Oh, my God. Oh my both God. from 2002. A post-9-11 world. Post-Blair Witch World. Post-Blair Witch World. Uh, Blair Witch World. Have you ever been to Blair Witch World, by Listen, the way? Listen, next... 
<laughs> next door to Dollywood, it was the best Groupon I've ever gotten. Yeah, I always splurge for the fast pass. The the Rustin Par log ride. Oh <laughs> my god, it was so much yeah. fun. I went when they were like, okay, on this attraction, you're just gonna stand in the corner and face the wall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For 10 minutes, I was like, really? But it's more fun than I was anticipating. Yeah, I liked it. It was kind of beautiful hearing the sounds of all those cameras dropping in the background. Um, <laughs> it's like a symphony in its own way. I kind of liked it. 2002. What a time. <laughs> what a fucking time. Post 9-11, you say, haven't we suffered enough? And then... <laughs> the answer is no, not yet. The answer is no. <laughs> Along comes Halloween Resurrection. Oh my god. <laughs> And you might say, why are you pairing up Halloween Resurrection and dot com for murder? <laughs> Halloween Resurrection uh, was going to be called MichaelMyers.com. And my God, I wish it was. It would honestly, it would be just be slightly better of a film. It would be slightly better. If it was really yeah. named MichaelMyers.com. Oh, God. Imagine a world. <laughs> Oh, I imagine that world every single day. That's the world where Hillary Clinton is president. (laughs) It is that alternate universe. Yep. You know, I saw a resurrection the first time, probably, well, maybe a couple of years after it came out. Um, Yeah. In in Final Girl's earliest days, I did. Like, you mentioned the corning. Mm-hmm. last episode wherein I watched all of the Children of the Corn movies in a single day. Sometimes for, from time to time, oh the spirit comes over me. <laughs> and I wipe it off. And then <laughs> I decide I'm going to watch a lot of movies. It's <laughs> <was> too easy. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well. I was going to say something, but I was like, no, that's too easy. So in uh, one of uh, in the early days of Final Girl, I decided I was going to watch all of the Halloween movies in one day. I've done all the Friday the 13th. Is this a good idea? Absolutely not. Never. <laughs> no, because you start with the best films, first of all. I start at like six o'clock in the morning so I can do this in a reasonable amount of time. And the way I do it is like I watch a movie and then I run to the computer and I type something about that movie. Like I I post about that movie and then I watch the next one. And it's like, so you start with the best movies, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. The formative films. The formative films. The ones that maybe the rest of culture remembers. (laughs) Yeah. So by eight o'clock in the morning... Like, Halloween is done. But then at 5 o'clock in the morning, when you're still watching these movies, you you get to Halloween Resurrection. And you are just hoping that, like, sitting there, basically, for all this time, maybe a blood clot will work its (laughs) way up to your brain. (laughs) And go off. And so you don't have to watch Halloween. And that, so that was how I saw Halloween Resurrection, which admittedly is not the ideal. Wow. Situation. I could not imagine watching this after how, how that was eight movies at that point. Yeah, I don't know why I did this. And I every time I do it, I mean, I haven't done it that many times, but I'm always like, I'm never doing this again. However, I do think about doing it. I'm like, oh, I could do it with the Puppet Master movies. Oh, God. 
<laughs> we have an yeah. all-night horror movie marathon we do at the theater here uh, once a year on, ho- like, a couple days before Halloween, usually that weekend. And it's four movies, and that is, like, that is too much for me. Well, like, usually this, yeah. by the second movie, I'm, I have lost my mind, and, and I start to fall asleep and go insane. Yeah, I don't know why I do. Like, I don't gain anything from it. It's not like it's a telethon. You know, and, and like, oh, I gotta keep going, and people will donate to my Twitch account, or whatever. It's like, <laughs> no one cares. It's like, everybody else is in bed, and they're gonna read your fucking shit tomorrow, if they're gonna read it at all. Like, Listen, who cares? But, you got some but I do it. masochistic tendencies. I get. I even did one marathon for Final Girl of movies that I love. And even that was brutal That's and too much. All of it's too much. Yeah. So, I don't know. Will I ever do it again? Maybe. Probably. Probably. Right. <laughs> Puppet Master. So the, well, so the point is, the first time I saw Halloween Resurrection. Oh, right. M- man, I fucking hated it. Who did? Like, 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 really hated it. Swore I would never see it again. And I was, I made good on that oath until this. Until a little bee buzzed in your ear. <laughs> and said, mm-hmm. hey, hey, stay <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know what <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was you yeah and i stung you and then i died you stung me and died <laughs> and but we were both excited about watching it we were so excited like when we this like is... when we talked about watching annabelle that one night <laughs> yeah that's what <laughs> i mean both of second. us <laughs> We came up with the idea, like you came up with the idea to pair it, because we were like, what can we pair with mur- with .com for murder? I almost said murder.com, which is just not, .com for, what can we pair with .com for murder? Thank you for honoring the title as God intended. <laughs> and yeah, and you said Halloween Resurrection. And I mean, even after we were done, we were messaging each other like, I'm really excited to watch Halloween. Like, <laughs> I know! <laughs> and then I put it on. <laughs> and then I put it on. But, oh, I've made a mistake. Yeah, you know. I've done something bad. <laughs> I knew it. I knew. Well, okay. So, have you seen Halloween Resurrection, people? You've seen it, right? Like, we've all, no one wants to admit it. We've but all we've subjected all ourselves seen to it. it. We all yeah. felt a little pep in our step after H2O. Yes. We were ready to see where it went next. They brought back Rick Rosenthal, the director of Halloween 2, the first Halloween mm-hmm. 2. Not Halloween yeah, not 2, to be 2, confused. 2, 2, Not to be confused with Halloween 2 or the forthcoming Halloween 2. Because I refuse <laughs> to call it Halloween Kill. Because it's fucking gay. <laughs> are those two L's going to be like a 2? Oh my god, they are. You know that's why they called it Halloween Kills, because they, they will absolutely have that 2 in there. Ugh. At least they're bringing that back. It's Halloween 2 to me. Also, did you see... I mean, and part of this, I think, why our minds went to Halloween Resurrection is because we were already complaining about Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Yes. And then we thought... You know, in my head, I'm like, these movies are already so terrible that how bad can it be to go back to the ones that we thought were terrible at the time? <laughs> right. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Well, we find out. Uh, so Halloween Resurrection, it takes place three years after H2O. Uh, Lori, you thought she killed Michael Myers, but no, no. Lori Strode made a mistake and killed a paramedic instead. 
It's Michael did that old wardrobe switcheroo. Yep, a little switcheroo. Uh, and so the guilt over that drove Lori mad. <laughs> She's in the asylum. And uh, Michael shows up and kills her. That's that entire first scene. <laughs> Yeah, it's like he shows up and then she's but and she's been waiting for him and it's like, you know, almost like a Halloween H4O. Like she's ready. She's got a little booby trap somehow set up on the roof of the mental hospital. <laughs> yeah, she has a crane machine and a remote control yeah. for it. She's, yeah. she's been tonguing her meds. They talk about yeah. how she always goes up on the roof. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she tries to kill him, but then she is overcome with uh, empathy at the last second. Because, you know, he's her brother, after all. Yes. Uh, Oh, yeah. This is old canon. she reaches out to him for what she was going to do. Who knows? But then he grabs her and stabs her, and then she plummets to the earth. And And she kisses his mask. She kisses his mask. (laughs) And it's bonkers. It's so sick. And I was so, the first, that's the thing, the first time I saw this film, I was so angry. Oh, livid. Like, the top of my head came off. Especially seeing in H2O, I mean, we really get a survivor story. Like, it's more than any other Halloween film, including the new one, which people say is the Me Too Halloween film. Like, H2O is a survivor story. Mm-hmm. And about her coming into power as a survivor who was traumatized by the events of the first film. Right. And so for them to just, like, kill her off because they couldn't think of anything better to do with her? Like, it was just... Put her in a loony bin and then kill her off? <laughs> yeah, it was, like, so disrespectful to the character and disrespectful to me, personally. It, it, it was... A, that's the producers were like, we're gonna take down that fucking final girl. <laughs> We're going to take her down, just like lure that crane machine. Yeah. No, I mean, it was like, it was just uh, an insult to any Halloween fan with a brain. Like, this was not the way to send off this beloved character. No. At all. However. (laughs) it made me so mad. (laughs) Did you want, I watched the, I have the box set of the Halloween series. the, The complete collection up until the new one. And, uh. On that, there's all these special features, and there's a whole special feature devoted to the Jamie Lee Curtis and her cameo. And she, like, it's it just proves everything we've said about Jamie Lee Curtis just not giving a fuck about any of these movies and just getting a paycheck. And yeah, yeah. she talks about how it's the perfect send-off for her character, and she's thrilled to be back on set and to get to inhabit Lori. <laughs> And to finally get to play a true Lori who all the trauma has caught up with her and she's not okay. And and then uh, and then she says, and then it's setting, and also what I'm most excited for is I think the movie sets up, after my scene, it sets up the future of Halloween, which is more fantastic and scarier than ever. Wow! <laughs> and she, she talks, she just praises the movie. Praises wow. it. It was huh. hilarious. That's amazing. It's a terrible send-off for that character. It's literally the worst. It's really funny because watching that scene, I was thinking, oh my god, this is way closer to the Lori we see in the new movie. Oh, for sure. Than the Carrie Tate Lori we see mm-hmm. in H2O. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was, this time, I guess, I, I mean, I knew it was coming, so it didn't, 
make me angry. I just felt like it was unnecessary. They didn't, they could have just, they could have just written around it or Laurie could have shown up at the end and killed Michael. (laughs) Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, it would have been interesting if at the time, like maybe she only wanted to do a cameo basically. Maybe she didn't want to sign on for a whole film. Yeah. But I'm like, they could have done what they were trying to do in H4O with this because at least in this one Michael is actually after her. Yes. In H4O he's completely he doesn't know who she is. He doesn't know anything about her. He's not trying to kill her. <laughs> and she's made her entire life about him. Yeah. So at least in this one if she actually had been preparing and all of this and blah 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 if she tried to kill him but it didn't work and then she gets out of the hospital or something like it could have been really interesting. Yeah. I was even thinking like how fun of a surprise would it have been if they go into the house, you know, they do this whole eye horror big brother setup with the kids going into the Myers house and then Lori pops out of a basement wall at the end and takes down Michael. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> yeah she she planted herself she's in there. still in her she's still in her Johnny her like <laughs> yeah. she escaped to get it. But I mean it just was such a totally unnecessary because it's not nothing that comes after is dependent on this prologue it's literally just to reference the fact that it's following h2o which ended that storyline right which they could have like you said just said like oh Lori killed the wrong guy and she's in the hospital now they didn't have to like kill Lori strode no but they did and uh to make way for dangertainment dangertainment.com (laughs) <laughs> Which is run by Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks. Like it, sh- like any business should be. Like any dot coms should be. Oh, I love them. I love them. <laughs> and they recruit a bunch of quote unquote teenagers <laughs> <laughs> to spend the night in the Myers residence, which has just been rotting for the last forty years. Uh, they're all equipped with body cams. Well, head cams, but they're body cams. Yes. Uh, and people are supposed to watch this on the internet. It's very much. Around. It's very much like pioneer days of the internet. Uh, reality TV, like Big Brother meets like MTV's Fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Someone at one point says, we're going to be bigger than the Osbournes. <laughs> <laughs> because actually, so that that's kind of you. that's kind of at that point reality tv was anna nicole the osborne's the simple life and like game shows or like survivor right yeah so they go to the house uh busta rhymes has rigged up some scares for them um just in case nothing happens you know because you got to make it entertaining you need or a dan- danger tainting it's danger tainting just a llc name for nothing <laughs> <laughs> that's right and, uh, but Michael Myers uh, is actually there. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. He's been living, they say, under the house. There's like a tunnel system, of course, under the Myers house. And he's been living there for 40 years. <laughs> how Eating so- rats. Also, how is the Myers house still there? It has literally been sitting vacant for 40 years in what otherwise is a nice looking neighborhood. Yeah, there's no way that <laughs> the homeowners on in fucking Haddonfield wouldn't have been like, uh, excuse me, Haddonfield Town, you need to do something about that house. Yeah. 
Yeah, they would have sent in the property brothers to come. Because who who did Dangertainment rent it from? Exactly. Is it is it a ward of the state? Like what for forty <laughs> yeah. years? Yeah. So Michael hasn't killed anyone else, I guess, in this whole time. Until H2O. I guess he was tracking down Lori, right? That's the idea. Yeah, I mean, they were still operating under the idea of the rest of the... Even though H2O kind of threw out 4, 5, and 6, you know, it was operating under the idea of Michael's killing off all of his family. So, like, Lori and and, and, uh, ideally Josh, her son, were also going to be Tart, but there's no mention of Josh Hartnett in this whatsoever. Oh, yeah. So they they kind of I guess Michael you know checked off Lori off his kill list forgot he had a nephew and then right. decided to go back home and tend to his tunnels. This what yeah it's like they they find his underground lair where he's been eating rats and all this <laughs> other stuff. But what is interesting to me is that upstairs in the house when they're in the kitchen, the one person who's like a chef. He's like, I'm going to check out the kitchen in this place, which, you know, it's like a 1970s kitchen. Why are you getting excited about this? (laughs) Uh, But he finds, he goes to the spices and he finds fennel and they make a point of it that it's fresh. (laughs) And I just wonder about that fresh fennel. Listen, are we to are we to infer that Michael was going upstairs to get fennel to put on his raw rats yes. that he was eating in the basement? Yes, he was seasoning his rats with some fennel. He likes a little. He likes a little uh, taste of some uh, liquor. Isn't fennel kind of licoricey? <laughs> yeah, he likes a little bit of that licorice bite. But why didn't he just take it downstairs? You know. Listen, he's not. We can't all be hoarders. He's not cooking in the Myers kitchen. <laughs> So he would prepare his rat. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. I got to get my fennel. <laughs> oh, I left it upstairs. I, I left it upstairs. Classic again. me. <laughs> classic me. Yeah, As he it does was just a weird point. Slow. Do you think, does he do a slow, deliberate walk up the stairs or does he just appear in the kitchen suddenly? Mm, oh, yeah. Does he wear the mask even when he's alone? If no, If it's not on camera, is he even there? This is Schrodinger's Myers. Schrodinger's Michael, yeah. Schrodinger's shape. It's... I put him in the box six times! (laughs) 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 Wow. Yeah. So Michael uh, picks them off one by one. There's someone on the outside watching because he's been chatting online with one of the girls that are in the house. I literally thought this entire B story of the the boyfriend, the online boyfriend in his little suit, in his Blues Brothers costume at a Halloween party at like somebody's palatial office estate (laughs) where he just he leaves the room sits in an office that's all wood paneling and just watches you know the internet stream while more and more randos from the party come in and get compelled by this i literally thought those scenes were from hell world like when i think of hell world i remember those scenes turns out i conflated the two movies you did yeah you sure did yeah, uh, so he manages to help the final girl, Sarah, who is has got to be. Like, I always thought that uh, Rennie from 
Friday the 13th Part 8. Yeah. Jason takes Manhattan. I always thought she was kind of the dullest final girl. No. Oh, man. It's Sarah. She... From Halloween Resurrection. I mean, even, like, even when I think back to Urban Legend, who was... Who, uh, God, what was... Um, Redhead. What's her name? Alicia... Alicia Witt. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Even her, like, in Urban Legend, like, at least she's kind of a monster and inadvertently gets all of her friends killed, so at least there's something to be mad at her with. <laughs> um, yeah. And just, like, her unlikability. But this character? Oh, my God. She's like, she, we have no information about her. No. Like, I don't even, honestly, I don't even know her character's name. <laughs> like Sarah, Sarah, it's Sarah. Sarah. I only I only remember that because I wrote it down. So I'm actually not remembering. I'm just reading. I I could not even find the will to look up her name because I'm like, okay, Katie Sackoff. We also Katie Sackoff is in this film. <laughs> She's the only. You know, time out. <laughs> time out. <laughs> it must be said. It must be said that femme Katie Sackoff in this movie weirds me the fuck out. It's okay. Also, like it, it, it's like. There's, like, a weird, because I think they haven't figured out, like, Katie Sackhoff's type yet. No, not at all. Um, and she's kind of playing, like, the Feruza Balk goth girl in this movie, but she's blonde and is a, totally not that character, but, like, that's kind of the trope she falls into. It's weird. She's weird. It's weird. She's, like, a combination. She's, like, if Feruza Balk and, um... Not Allie Larder. Who's the other? Whoever the other one from House on Haunted Hill. Oh, the one who's gonna you know be a newscaster. And she's by... she's recording everything the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> Fuck, it's like yeah. those two characters had a baby. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because she's like she's a weird kind of gothy, but she's also like sexed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. She's... she's like she's. You think she's gonna be the slutty one? Yeah. You know, even though that, but yeah. I just the whole time it's like it just femme Katie Sackhoff just really triggers some cognitive dissonance in me because she is she has such tomboy energy. She has a very gay presence. She has a very gay presence. I mean, I saw the entire series of Battlestar Galactica. Okay, if you've seen Battlestar Galactica, like you know what we're talking about in everything she's in, even when she played a mom in. Whatever that movie was where she played a mom. Oculus. She was an Oculus. No, no, I'm not thinking of Oculus. Oh, I'm thinking she was of, the mom in uh, that. <laughs> she was the mom in Oculus, but she was also a mom in uh, something else. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, it was one of the... Um, like, Don't Knock. One of the... She, wasn't also she in, like, the White Noise sequel? And yeah, 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 yeah. And it just, it never works for me because she just really has big dyke energy. Yeah, yeah, honestly. Like, I just can't believe she's not gay. Like, I would think of her as more of, like, a Kate Captain Marvel than, like, a mom. Yeah. You know? For sure. For sure. So this iteration of her before Battlestar Galactica is really weird. It's so anyway. it's so dizzying to watch. It's <laughs> it's very dizzying. And the, and the fact that, like, besides the, the joyful cameos of Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks, two absolute icons. Like, I'm not even mocking. <laughs> like, I love them. Um... <laughs> yeah. Katie Sackhoff's the only person who ultimately we can relate to because we are aware of who they are. (laughs) Unlike every other cast member in this movie, especially and most heinously this final girl. (laughs) 
I mean. Who, is she a shapeshifter? Because the whole time we were like, is this a different actress from the last scene? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I think maybe she was also the bottle of fennel. Yeah, I think she was the bottle of fennel. <laughs> She's actually, they cast a genie. The world's least, yeah. <laughs> least memorable genie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's terrible. And I mean, like, she's not the most exciting actress, but that character is just, there's nothing there. No, she's just, her character is, I'm friends with Katie Sackhoff. Yes. Like, you you learn more about every other character than you learn about the main final girl, who's supposed to be the main character. There's no, there's no information imparted about her character. Yeah, she doesn't even have, like, a trope attached, besides final girl status. Yeah, it's just, like, they kind of, like, the, the, I mean, it must be said, the script for this is absolutely awful. Um, And the the writers that made this, like, they kind of just did the the post-scream, like, like, people, I mean, Sid Prescott, I think this happens more in the sequels, but Sid Prescott, Nev Campbell and Scream, like, she, she kind of has that, like, pure victim kind of thing going on in the sequels. Um, mm-hmm. like Sid is a fucking badass in the first scream and she, she's pretty great in the sequels too. But like, I think the, the sort of wistful, sad, melancholy, pure victim kind of thing in like informed a lot of lazier final girls in other slasher movies of that era. Right. But at least with Sidney Prescott, it makes sense. It makes sense that she's sad and, like, I mean, yeah. It, it, it like, her whole family constantly keeps trying to kill her <laughs> every single movie. Yeah. Um, but, in but like, in this, we just get this kind of pure sort of uh, wistful, but she doesn't do anything. She just screams. Like, I think it's, it's kind of like when they're auditioning the college students or teenagers or whatever the fuck they are to go into michaelmyers.com. And she, like, a lamp falls behind her and explodes. And she does this over-the-top, like, (laughs) ear-splitting scream. And they go, she's what the internet audience really wants. (laughs) Yeah. I I think Rick Rosenthal literally cast her just for that scream. And they didn't even have a a script to go along with her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, she's so boring. It's... I was also struck, obviously, by the, uh, I don't know what her name is, and I don't care to learn it. The redhead one, who's like the social justice warrior. You mean Donna, a.k.a. me? (laughs) Yeah. Donna, who is the SJW of the group, and then she turns out to be the slutty one. I felt so attacked by her character. (laughs) Literally, like, her introduction is her at this audition going I'm interested in how Michael Myers embodies the politics of violence embedded in pop mythology (laughs) (laughs) yeah Yeah. (laughs) when she said the line cameras are so phallic that's when I wrote down oh fuck I am Donna (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah she's a slut but then she she but then yeah she only keeps it up for so long yeah before she's like okay let's take off these cameras and our clothes (laughs) i'll be the i'll be the one girl who takes off her top in this movie (laughs) i am donna which is fine but like with the the guy who's incessantly hitting on her he's a i guess he's a music major and then when she says screwing the music major would be tantamount to lesbian And I'm like, wow, I see. I see how it is. 
they did save all their all their inspired <laughs> bits of writing for Donna. It's true. They really did. <laughs> they did. Yeah. Bit tantamount yeah. to the lesbian. <laughs> oh my god! What is wrong with her? <laughs> so then she takes her top off and starts to have sex. With yep. Her. But but uh, yeah. So everybody dies. You know. Uh, you don't really see very much. No, and there, there, there's no some heads tension. fall off. There's no tension at all. It's literally Michael shows up, stabs someone. The body cams are so grainy and bad that it's just annoying instead of yeah anything else. Yeah, and you don't like you. It's I mean, it's there's supposed to be this sense of like, oh, are they when as the people in the in the um, office back at the palatial mansion Halloween office party are all watching this and like even more and more people with white dreads start piling in to watch this riveting footage that nobody can tell what's going on (laughs) even as that's happening yeah there's this sense of like are they actually being killed is this staged because you can't tell what you can't tell you can't see if they're being stabbed because it's all this like camera that's attached to the side of your head or on your lapel or whatever right and then so sometimes they would show the palatial office screen and it's like they've got like you know split screen four ways or six ways and it just felt like watching someone play night trap <laughs> which i just downloaded this week oh nice for oh, my God, switch a, i'm so excited it's a fucking joy it's such a joy um but it's just you can't tell what's going on and it's just yeah there's there's no tension in this movie whatsoever and i think I mean, first of all, it's terrible, sure, but I think a large part of it, also, the blame must be laid at the feet of Michael Myers. Mm. Because even though it's like a dude in a mask and overalls, you realize when you see a bad Michael Myers or a bad any of these killers, how much physicality there is in the good version. Yes. Yeah, it's not just putting on some fucking overalls and walk or coveralls and walking around slowly. Right. Yeah, I guess they're coveralls. They're not overalls. Yeah, yeah he's wearing his Michael's Oshkosh bagashes. It's not, you can't just put a stalk of wheat in your mouth and put on your overalls. He's a hipster now. He wears the one strap down and he gets oh, he gets the black yeah. Oshkosh bagashes because he's like a oh, rebel. Oh, cool. Yeah, but he yeah. still does the straw so he can kind of have that like oaky reference. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like you, but you realize like what it like. You have to try to play a good Michael, man. And also, like, can we just? Get, I'm. I know. I. I'm glad that it fine. Once it got to Rob Zombie and the Halloween, the new Hal H four O. The only thing those movies really did right was the mask. They yeah. they actually were like, oh, maybe we should cast the original mask. And recreate right. the original mask instead of just trying to find something at the Dollar Tree that looks similar and painting it white. And clearly not looking at, like, the original. Ever. Because, no, this one, this might, Halloween Resurrection, Michael, has some very heavy eyebrows. Very heavy eyebrows. There's too much of the eyes. You can see the, yeah, the Michael's eyes, and that's never supposed to be the case like h2o as much as i love that movie that mask is probably the worst he looks like a fucking teletubby um (laughs) to the point that they i was just watching this thing about how they had to cgi on a different face in some shots because it looks so weird 
Uh, oh my god. Yeah, and in this, it's like a cross somewhere between Teletubby Michael from H2O and like his his just weird looking mask from like Halloween Four. Uh, <sighs> and then it's, so the bad. head just is too big, and the hair's too poofy, and yeah. and it's just. He's just a and the actors Michael. aren't big enough. The actors aren't big enough, and yeah. they just walk. Yeah, you know they don't. They don't have that presence that I think is required, especially for Michael Myers, who is the embodiment of evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's not just. It's not enough to just slowly turn your head, man. Right. You gotta. Yeah. You gotta get method. You gotta think like right. Slumber Party Massacre and be an ostrich. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not a fan of Kane Hodder as Jason Voorhees. No. But I do respect that he did something with the character. Yeah. That is unique to Kane Hodder Jason. Yes. Giant giant aggro zombie. (laughs) Giant aggro wrestler zombie. Like, okay. So this this Michael Myers was just terrible. And those eyebrows really bothered me. I really did appreciate, though. One of my favorite scenes is in H2O is when, um, my favorite bad moments, is when Michael, there's a scene where he's lifting up his knife and just in the middle of the air it goes, shing! And in this, I, oh my I appreciate that. This movie is so much. There, it's definitely that early 2000s also jump cut era where everything was just like fast, cut, 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 cut. Yeah. Um, sort of like sort of going along with the kind of glitch editing that would come out of that same era, but it's almost like this movie is edited every time there's a jump cut. There's also that constant shing shing shing. Oh, anytime he waves the knife around, shing 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 shing. <laughs> which is it's, it's like a fucking ninja movie. It's, which you know. Oh my we'll get to god! That. It's a ama- oh. And then it becomes a ninja movie. It's literally, I mean, it's it all traces back to Scream. That's Scream's fault. Because um, Scream, yeah, Scream. Yeah. But Scream was still like, the first one was still pretty restrained in when it did it. And the sound design actually was good. Versus this, the sound design is just awful. It's terrible. The best part, though, is when Michael P- lifts up a tripod and it just goes, shing. Because <laughs> it has a knife in the leg for some reason. It's a pointy tripod. <laughs> there is a pointy end yeah. to it that you can spear someone with. And when you pick yeah. it up in the air, it goes, shing. <laughs> yeah, it's not like the rubber foot on the end of the tripod extends with the next section. It's like a knife shoots out of the rubber foot of the tripod. <laughs> It's a spy trap. Yeah, it's Michael's like Avengers, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, uh, it's just it's dreadful. I it's loved dreadful. it. And then, yeah. and then, my sweet goddess Tyra goes off to heaven. She goes off to Cappuccino Machine Heaven. <laughs> how did she die with a cat? I couldn't even tell how she died. I thought she, I could have sworn I saw a scene that had her like dead with near the Cappuccino Machine. I think because I only saw this like when it came out. Uh, I did not rem- I think in my brain okay. I invented that memory of her dying with a cappuccino machine. She literally, <laughs> you see her yeah. have cappuccino. Yeah, she was clearly there for like one day. Literally one day. And she's fantastic. And then <laughs> she she walks off scene. Like, there's that weird scene where Buster Rhymes dresses up as Michael, sees Michael, pulls a Ginny on him somehow, and convinces Michael that he is Michael and tells Michael to go... <laughs> kill tyra banks instead inadvertently uh, yeah. michael vanishes 
assume we assume that Tyra Banks has died because at one point I turn to Jason and go, "Did I miss her death scene?" And he goes, "I guess." Yeah, she just she just disappears for like an hour. Yeah, and then later you see her hanging somewhere. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. So she's she's dead, and then Busta comes along. <laughs> you know what? I love Busta Rhymes. Busta Rhymes is fucking great. <laughs> I saw him once in New York on the street, what? and it was like. When I lived there, yeah. He was just walking down the street with somebody. And it was like the parting of the Red Sea. Oh, wow. Because he's like 10 feet tall and very thick. Like, he's human. Like, he should have fucking played Michael Myers. He's huge. And everybody was just like, wow. It's Busta. It's Busta. I love that. But, like, this is the era of rappers getting cast in things. Yeah. You know, and, and, but watching him in this, he's like, it's stupid. It's stupid as all fucking get out. But he's also very charming. And I wonder, like, why didn't we see Busta Rhymes in more things? I, you know, I actually, he was in, um, was that him in the, the Shaft? The first Shaft remake? The one with Samuel Jackson? I think he was in that. I didn't see it. But I love, I don't know. I really like Busta Rhymes. I think he's great. <laughs> yeah. And I think he's one of the most, if not only watchable things in this movie. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Like, he also, like, uh, his delivery's great. Like, for such terrible lines, he has some really great deliveries. Like, when he talks about, uh, he says, oh, Michael Myers is a killer shark in baggy pants and overalls. I was like, uh, that's. He says he's a shark in some baggy ass overalls. <laughs> yeah. Which is amazing. I was like, that is the most accurate statement of Michael Myers I've ever heard. Yeah. And this isn't a good script, but that line and his delivery fucking sold it. And I was right. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, he does some comedy stuff. He does some corny, tough stuff. He does kung fu. He does kung fu because he loves kung fu movies. Uh, you know. So it's terrible, but I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I love him anyway, but I'm like, oh, he's so charming. He should have been in more stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He should have been the final girl. I mean, he does survive to the end, but. Yeah, he should. It should have been, been just him. It should have been just him. We did not need this other milk toast, whatever her name, no. Sarah. We did not need her. Not at all. Um, not at all. We just need, we only needed Busta. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my god but i couldn't like i didn't even hate it this time i just i think in the inter in the many years since i saw this i mean you know 2016 happened i think the world has just pummeled me into submission that i couldn't even get like an outrage boner over it i was like no. okay that was that was really bad it's just unremarkable really yeah, that's what shocked me. I think I was just expecting it to be so bad that I was, again, you know, hoping for a blood clot. But <laughs> I was just kind of like, it's, yeah, it's more unremarkable than yeah. anything else. I experienced um, so much rage sitting through H4O where, like, my blood was boiling. Right. Like, I was borderline blood clot, you know. This, I was just kind of like, uh, I was kind of bored. Right. Uh, yeah, it was boring more than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It is it is hilarious that I mean we thought the franchise couldn't go any lower after this film. (laughs) Low People love H four O. Low how surprised we were. Yeah. And they're gonna love H four O point two and H four O point three. They're gonna love them. Did you see that they 
this is like a bonkers town, but they asked Paul Rudd to come back as Tommy Doyle. But I thought they... <sighs> no, right, because... And this is the bullshit, is Danielle Harris was posting about how upset she was that they never even asked her, they never even considered having her come back and play one of uh, Jamie Lee's daughters, or, like, somehow be in the film. Right. Um, yeah, if you're doing away with everything after the first film, then you're doing away with everything, everything. after the first film. All these fucking fanboys go on the internet, horror bros, and they're telling Danielle Harris, like, you know, to calm down and to get over it. And then, no, then they you. say Paul Rudd's gonna do it, but they couldn't get Paul Rudd because he was already cast in something else in a schedule conflict. Everyone's, oh, Paul Rudd. <laughs> Misogyny. <Wow. laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah, okay, you can't... You know what? Danielle Harris is doing fine. She's in the new Tarantino movie, so... The only thing that could get me excited and get me into that theater opening night is if they said... We're going to bring back Kyle Richards as Lindsay Wallace. Oh, my God. Because that would be from part one. And then it's revealed that Kyle has Nancy still, like, uh, or Annie still alive, like, in her garage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's just been stuck in a window. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Seriously, bring back Kyle Richards. Mauricio can come and be in it with her. <laughs> and Kim can be in it for Kim some Kim can be too. in it. I mean, honestly, if they got it, they would, that's, see, that's the thing. They would never in a million years even consider it. Ever. No. Doesn't even cross their minds. No. This is why we need homosexuals and allies of such making these films. Because they'll say, what about Kyle Richards? For real! And Jamie Lee Curtis can continue to pretend she doesn't know who Kyle Richards is. <laughs> Exactly. That'll be so. Oh my God. If Lindsay goes up to her and it's like, hi, it's me, Lindsay. Lori can be like, who? And then she guzzles some more wine and cries. And then she, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then she goes and sets up another mannequin gauntlet. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that movie. <laughs> oh. <sighs> oh well. Now I feel I can officially say. I think I'm done with Halloween Resurrection. I think I'm done. Right. I think I never need to watch this ever again. I don't again. need to see it again. Will I see it again? Probably. Do I have to, though? No. You know, I'll probably venture back to The Curse of Michael Myers. I'll probably venture back to Five. You know, I never... No, absolutely not. I fucking hate Five so much. And Six. I hate Five so much. Five, I think, is the real offender, which is sad because Daniel Harris is still in it. But I will never get over them killing Rachel. Um... <laughs> with those scissors it's true it's yeah. fucking bullshit and six someone out there is like but what about the producer's cut of part six <laughs> shove it up your butt because i don't fucking care it's terrible like, it's terrible still it's terrible and you know what at the end of the day though i'd still take curse of thorn over h40 so yeah i'm still hoping for a blood clot <laughs> sometimes it's kinder sometimes it's kinder <laughs> Oh, well. Hmm. Who cares? Who cares? Halloween, who cares? That's a thing of the past now, because now... Now we're, we're headed all the way to the future. <laughs> now it's time! Oh, my God. <laughs> it's finally Let here. Let me take off my clothes. <laughs> Put on your internet fingers. Put on my, <laughs> my internet fingers. <laughs> oh, my 
my god. Turn because turn on Hal. Turn on Hal. Turn on my keyboard so it lights up. And glows red. Draw a circle around my eye. Close all of your curtains except for just the one part in the corner. (laughs) (laughs) And talk about dot com for murder. Finally, we're talking about dot com for murder. And before we even get to it, on the DVD, there is a making of dot com for murder. It's incredible. Okay, I clicked on it, and then I saw that it was 38 minutes, and I said, oh, no, I can't. That's what Maddie and Jason said as I continued to hit play. (laughs) (laughs) I watched the first five minutes, and holy fucking shit, my theory about the title turns out to be 100% correct. I was sitting there glowing for you, and I was going, you guys, Stacy was right. And they were saying, why are we still watching this? Turn it off. And I was like, Stacy was (laughs) right. You referred, you opened our episode a couple episodes back saying you had a spiritual revelation. (laughs) Yeah. In which you realized what? I realized that dot com for murder is called dot com for murder because it's a take on dial M for murder. And lo and behold, there's the director saying that's right stacy saying the exact same thing and then kicking it up a whole emerald notch and saying that (laughs) he's saying this is a modern day hitchcock film yeah he absolutely puts this in league with especially rear window Window, like like the best hitchcock films he thinks that this film is like on that level which amazes me this is a hitchcockian thriller oh my god like i thought it was bad in the similar film on the i murders uh making of documentary where they talk about how brilliant the script is and talking about the internet (laughs) but uh, they look like amateurs compared to this guy who's saying he is making the new hitchcockian thriller oh my god how do you Walk us. How do walk you? us through How? dot com for murder? You you you've been you've been you've been trying to manifest this film into this podcast for a while now. That's true, and now I must be punished. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> give us <laughs> give us your best haiku. <laughs> walk us through it, or wheel us through. It. <laughs> Here, I'll put on my cast. Wheel me in. <laughs> my cast, so that people know it's a reference to Rear Window. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, this movie. First of all. Well, it uh, it starts in Las Vegas for some reason. Nothing makes sense. It starts in Las Vegas, and you know it's Las Vegas because there's a lot of shots of the Strip with a filter over them, lots of filters. And the words come on the screen, and the words say, Have modem, will travel. <laughs> So you know I offered this movie my hand in there. <laughs> right there. Immediately. Immediately. Love at first sight. Love at absolute first sight. Uh, so we're seeing thing. It's first person perspective, right? Eventually it moves inside an apartment, a hotel. Who knows? We assume we're still in Vegas because this person has a lot of pictures of Elvis in their apartment. <laughs> We're getting killers POV, but they're sh- it's shot in such extreme close. Like they're holding the knife out 
as they're going to go kill somebody. But the shot is such extreme close-up POV that the only thing that makes sense is if the person is holding the knife directly in the center of their chest, <laughs> pressed right up to their chest. Because all we see is, like, the tip of the yes. knife through the killer's eyes. They kill someone. Some poor woman who's taking a shower, and you're like, this director thinks that this is psycho. <laughs> oh my god, it's all coming together. There's even the shot of, like, the blood and the water going yep. down the drain. It is Dollar Tree psycho. Yes. Right? All right. But then that's enough of Vegas. We don't know who that poor woman is. We yeah, don't know. Enough her. of that. The action, quote unquote. <laughs> Cuts to Los Angeles, the city of angels, baby. Except there's a devil in the city. Right? (laughs) A cyber devil. Uh, This person... (laughs) It reminded me of myself because... Oh, yeah? Yeah, well, when I log on to the internet, when I go on Twitter or (laughs) CNN.com... Or, uh, I don't know, Joey Tomatoes. Joey Tomatoes. <laughs> dot biz dot com for murder dot gov. Uh-huh. The first thing I do is take off all of my clothes. You get fully nude. Get fully nude. The second thing I do is I get my light up keyboard. And, your, and I light it and up. And your internet fingers. I get my internet fingers. And if you don't know what internet fingers are. Which who doesn't? First of all, like, what rock have you been living under? <laughs> fingers are small uh lights that you clip onto your fingers so even though your keyboard lights up and you can see all of the keys clearly you have extra illumination coming off of four of your fingers they're like little book lights for your fingers (laughs) little book lights for your fingers help you navigate the net Little, yeah, little headlights like a miner might yeah. use because you're extracting information from the World Wide Web. Oh, that's right? some deep theory. Yeah, yeah. So then I draw a circle around my eye with makeup for who knows yeah. why. I guess it, it helps with the hat. Yeah, it turns out it's not a tattoo because it does just come off in a scene. <laughs> it comes off. It's just, it's just a hacker thing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, then you put on like a head camera. And your earphone things. You log on to the internet, onto a chat room. On American Ameri- Love Online. <laughs> American Love Online. It's a sexy <laughs> chat space for singles. And uh, you start quoting Goethe. <laughs> yeah. Why? Who knows? Who knows? So this is our bad guy, who we assume killed the woman in Vegas. Our heroine is Sandra, as played by Nastasia Kinski, who obviously owed someone something. <laughs> she clearly had a blood debt. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she had a blood debt she must pay. <laughs> She's in a wheelchair with a broken leg. She broke her leg while skiing, and she is absolutely confined to this wheelchair. Uh, and so her husband, architect, played by Roger Daltrey of The Who, the who fuck? also clearly had a blood debt. Um... <laughs> He's designed this home, and there's, like, a central computing system named Hal. Its name is Hal. What the fuck? <laughs> well, that's your, that's that's a nod to Stanley Kubrick, my friend. <laughs> oh, which instantly elevates the material. 
It abs. First, you're like, is this a Hitchcock film? Is this a Kubrick film? I, I don't can't know. tell which. I get when I hit play, it said dot com for murder, and it seems to me that neither of those directors would make a film called dot com for murder. <laughs> but obviously, I'm wrong. You know, it's like George Lucas said with the prequel. Like it's like it's like poetry. It rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> So Roger Daltrey, the architect, uh, shows his wife how to use this computer system because women don't like electronics. Yeah, women don't care about electronics. They don't care about electronics. And so he shows her how to do things on the keyboard. And you would think if he knew something about electronics, uh, he wouldn't call the keys on a keyboard buttons. But he does. She's typing wrong, and he says, you're pushing these buttons wrong. <laughs> Hitchcockian thriller, Hitchcockian baby. thriller. So he's going to go away for the weekend for business. He sets her up. Her sister's coming over. Her sister, Misty, played by Nicolette Sheridan. Just mm-hmm. another blood debt, I guess. Yeah, Who, another blood debt. I love Nicolette Sheridan. Why? Because, of course, she was on Knott's Landing. Which, of course, is a spinoff from Dallas. There we go. So she forever has a place in the black space where I would have a heart if I were (laughs) the the type to have a heart. Uh, so Nastasia Kinski logs on to American Love Online also, and you see where this is going, right? She logs on because she wants to check her husband's activities in this chat room for singles. The next thing you know... Uh, she's uh, the Goethe enthusiast who goes by the name <laughs> Werther. <laughs> Which I just kept thinking of the, the butterscotch candy. Yeah, I kept, I immediately thought of Werther's originals. Yeah, but, I just read Werther. But, yeah, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm oh, like, yeah, oh, it's an elderly man, obviously, who's into Werther's originals. Uh, but, yeah. but Misty's like, oh, he's a Goethe, in, like, okay. Enthusiast? So, enthusiast. <laughs> So some they get into a tiff online over a girl over creme brulee. <laughs> That's creme her screen brulee. name. They get into a tiff over and then eventually Nastasia Kinski, this to me was like I know the internet can be like a really harsh place, but she calls Werther a zit face. And I was like, wow. <laughs> like I know it's anonymous, but, like, how low do you have to go? It's pretty rude. She calls him a zit face. So he gets angry. He doxes creme brulee. He doxes Mastasia Kinski. He ends up killing creme brulee. And he comes after Nastasia Kinski and her sister. And he uses the house against them because he is a master fucking hacker. Listen, the, the internet glasses tell us all. He puts on his internet glasses and he hacks into their phone, their cell phone. He hacks into the FBI's web server. He hacks into Hal. He hacks into everything. It's amazing. His skill is just like unparalleled. If he wants to see what's going on as he's driving, he just gets his car computer, like his car phone. (laughs) He just hack into a webcam, see what she's up to. Yeah. Listen to her phone call. Yep. So, uh, you know, it's a deadly game of cat and mouse. Yes, it is. <laughs> I suppose. He shows up at the house, etc., etc. Um, You know, he's continuing to quote Goethe. 
not realize he's quoting specifically sorrows of young werther which is you know where he gets his name from but Uh it's like at the end of that werther commits suicide so i don't know that he actually read the whole thing i don't think he did before he started quoting it and using it as like a model for his life Um, he's he's just like a bad live journal come to life (laughs) (laughs) yeah the fbi gets involved fbi agents played by huey lewis uh, uh, he of and the news, and Melinda <laughs> Clark of the From OC fucking Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead Part Three. Yeah, um, I mean it's just one of those movies that doesn't sound that exciting when I say it all, and it's not exciting to watch either. <laughs> <laughs> terrible and yet (laughs) it's excruciating and yet it is such an enigma yeah all the way down to like i mean man that the the just the fact that there's how that there's a house this is a smart house it did predict smart homes it did i'll give it that yeah but you know this house is a smart house because it's entirely composed of cement and big glass windows and (laughs) And, like, <laughs> bubble machines, which, like, Maddie pointed out, it just looks like when somebody has a ridiculous house in The Sims. It's just that. Yeah. <laughs> like. It's decorated. Like, their interior decorator just fucking went to Spencer's Gifts. Yes. <laughs> and bought the store out and, like, put it all on the shelf. It's like one of those electric wizard balls with the static electricity. It's like that kind of shit. Yes. So, I really loved that. Huey Lewis is the most inept FBI agent of all time. Absolutely. Who, who has a special office, but he just works at all night in L.A. alone. Yeah, the offices Even... were full in the middle of the night. <laughs> He's the internet crime specialist who knows nothing about the internet or how it works. <laughs> or computers or anything. He doesn't. His his uh, second in command, Melinda Clark, has to inform him that there's a dark web. <laughs> <laughs> As she says, with computers, anything's possible. This is true. And you know that she's an FBI agent, too, when when she first comes into the office. You know, she could be just somebody. But you know she's an agent because she says the truth is out there, which <laughs> Mulder and Scully say. That's true. I love how they get brought into this into this story. Like, N- Natasha Kinski calls 911 uh, about, you know, this... Uh, they, this murder's happening and blah, blah, or Misty calls uh, and I'm, the dispatch guy or cop or whoever it is says, I'll give you the number of someone who might be able to help. AKA, <laughs> they just give him, they give her the number of an FBI agent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A direct line to an FBI agent. Yeah. They don't, well, they believe that they just watched it. Like, they're calling because they saw a murder. The the cop just thinks that, that they're joking, that, that it's a prank. So he gives them the phone number to a private office of an FBI agent. He just has that number on hand, too, at the local precinct. <laughs> yeah. The FBI spends the whole movie driving around to the wrong houses. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the FBI doesn't do anything. They do nothing. They do absolutely nothing in this film. At, when the shit really is hitting the fan and, and Vertha, <laughs> a.k.a. Albert, a.k.a. <laughs> nude internet fingers, <laughs> when he he ends up cornering Misty outside in the yard and he and he slits her wrist, he does it, you know, uh, the wrong way, too, yeah. <laughs> and then informs her 
that she has 20 minutes to live. <laughs> they put and an she, actual timer on it. They put up a timer like she's a bomb. And in, in 20 minutes, she's going to explode. And he tells her as long as she doesn't breathe too much or move, she might have 20 minutes. Yeah. And then... <laughs> Poor Sandra, a.k.a. Uh, Natasha Kinski, has to <laughs> that runs races against that clock. As the digital counter is counting down. It's going down to zero. And luckily she's able to wrap a bit of a shirt around her wrist before it hits zero. Yeah. So that has saved her <laughs> and, life. And she puts a blanket on her. She puts a blanket on her. I love how the next scene, she brings her into the house, and then she just has created, like, a fucking macrame piece of... She just has ripped every sweater and shirt in her house and wrapped it even further and further up Misty's arm. (laughs) That's all you have to do. As long as she got that blanket on her in time. None of them are functioning as a tourniquet. She's just creating the ultimate collage bandage quilt. (laughs) It's amazing. Uh, it's so good. It's it's so truly, good. truly incredible. It's one of those movies where it's like the internet was so advanced that it would talk, like the chat room would talk to you and you could just talk to it and it would type it like text to speech and all of that was like. It, everything is text to speech yeah. in this film. Yeah. Everything is read has, for somehow all the internet like if you type in a thing it changes your internet changes with the the theme or the mood of your sentence and all of a sudden there will be flames in the background of this chat room the font will be red all of a sudden if you're mad yeah the font gets red and scary or you get devil figures that show up <laughs> oh my god it's just it is such a confident portrait of the internet and it's so wrong it's amazing that I just love it. Like, it's excruciating to sit through most of this film. It really is. It's terrible. (laughs) But even just the menu screen on the DVD. Oh, the menu is beautiful, right? Like. I saw you posting that earlier. (laughs) I couldn't help it. It's so awesome. It's a thing of beauty. It's like Jodie Foster in Contact. They should have sent a poet. They should have. I just... (laughs) It's such a terrible film. Now, you shared this, and this is what I I've shared a lot of .com for murder content on my Instagram. This is what I knew. Not only were you excited to talk about this film, and not only were you trying to incept this podcast with this film, (laughs) but this is also when I learned that you own this DVD. That's right. (laughs) Because you posted a picture of this DVD case. (laughs) Of which you pointed out there are five separate fonts on the cover alone. <laughs> I love it so much. There is a, it's like almost a scream style ensemble photoshopping yes, yes. job. Uh, weird placement of taglines of which one is in cyberspace. No one can hear you scream. <laughs> so they're already now adding alien to the canon of this. Yeah. Ref- the reference. What a here, pastiche. Which- yeah, well, and you know, they also there's a Silence of the Lambs night vision moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- so they're just you know these they're it's poetry it rhymes, and then and in 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 line with poetry that rhymes, there is also a sub tagline slash haiku. Oh. One predator stalks his victims. Live exclamation point. <laughs> 
Two women alone in the frightening world of the internet. Capital I, internet. I mean, that sums it up. It's truly everything you need to know. Yeah. (laughs) It sets the tone. (laughs) This movie, oh my god. It's so bad. Here's, okay, so... Well, before I get to that, one more thing I loved that just sums up how confusing this movie is and who made this. Did a computer make this like De Palma's passion? <laughs> uh, there's a moment where Werther says tic-tac instead of, he's clearly saying tick-tock because the time is counting down <laughs> with Misty. And he says tic-tac. Maybe he's from Chicago. <laughs> what is that? I'm so perplexed. So... <laughs> I also appreciate that you know it's a firewall because there's fire in the background. Um, <laughs> how would you compare this to iMurders? I'm like, is iMurders a better film? Is it a more enjoyable film? They're really, they would be a perfect double feature. They really would. There's and a my, lot that of might be a lot to take in one day. It, it would. There's a lot of overlap, a lot of compliments. Um, uh, iMurders kind of does away with the internet stuff it's not as much of a you know how uh the cliche of like i don't know it's like this movie like new york is like just another character it's like (laughs) in dot com for murder the internet is another character if only because of naked internet fingers like this is true (laughs) (laughs) who also has a very similar aesthetic to the halloween town fag from i murders it's true. Also, who must be a fucking billionaire to own that house that overlooks the city of Los Angeles is like up in the Hollywood Hills. And he's a master hack. We know nothing about him. Yeah, all. he has a ha- He also has like his complimentary a- A-frame next to a pool. <laughs> like yeah. He drives a BMW. He does. He's a master hacker. He's like early 20s. Mm-hmm. You know. He's nude. He's conflicted. He's nude. Uh, he has constant nightmares of blood dripping on him after he kills people. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so like, uh, <clears throat> Doc, I mean, it's hard to say which film is better. Doc Com for Murder is more internet based. This uh, is true. Has better actors, but who cares? The material is terrible. Uh, whereas I Murders is such a labyrinth. <laughs> Of choices. Of choices and plot. <laughs> that it's almost more engaging, I think, because you're just trying to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Also, it had a lesbian in it, so. That's true. Whereas .com for Murder doesn't. And also, I felt personally insulted. I will say, as much as I love .com for Murder, I did feel personally insulted at one point when um, Sandra says, hackers aren't cute, they're nerds. <laughs> Sandra just As, has a lot of shitty opinions She has a lot of shitty opinions And just someone who considers herself to be cute and a hacker I'm uh-huh. like, I, I'm just like, wow, call me out, Sandra <laughs> So Yeah, Sandra's real shitty <laughs> She sucks And, and Doc Comforter also has like a weird There's a lot of gendered shit going on Like Women are insulted so often in it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And the women always come back with like, "You're a chauvinist pig," which I guess is like a a, a, a male director writer thinking that that's like girl power. 
It's like, these women don't just take it when the man is a sexist. They tell him he's a sexist. And then they kiss him goodbye. <laughs> you know? So there's a lot of that. So I don't know. They're kind of evenly matched. Yeah. Yeah. I think they really do work well together. Yeah. They're both uh, absolutely terrible. Absolute atrocities. Absolute <laughs> atrocities. <laughs> I mean, I might, I might, I might, I don't know, because I really love his internet fingers, but simultaneously, I will always love Velvet 50 so much. Yeah. Yeah. That. And Sassy Planner and their daughter. Sassy Planner. Velvet Planner. And Velvet Planner, the perfect merger. I think, uh, you know, I think, I think iMurders has a slight leg up for me, but .com for murder in terms of the sheer uh, labyrinthine dive into the the dark dark shadowy world of the of the net it really lets you know like what dangers await you yeah on the internet you think it's just a sexy chat room for singles and you're gonna log on and flirt with d2 diddles for a while (laughs) but you don't know (laughs) at the end of the movie because he gets electrocuted by the house (laughs) because the house the house the house won't allow her to use its um it's uh uh lethal it's, it's lethal defense, yeah defense mechanisms unless she warns him and then she for some reason doesn't just say hey don't come into the house and kill me or i'll electrocute you which would just allow her to override that and electrocute him she just hits the delete key enough that that overrides hal yeah. and then electrocutes him Looks like she learned a few things about hacking. She did. Yeah, you just hit the delete key over and over and over. <laughs> hey, she she guessed Roger Daltrey's password. She hit a delete key. She's a hacker now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, <laughs> she, she learned how to press those buttons right. <laughs> yeah, she's real good at pressing those buttons. <laughs> so she electrocutes him. He goes in the pool. He dies after some time. Uh, at the end, another Goethe poem emerges. I was like, did he, did his soul pass into the internet? He must have Does, had it. Yeah, he must have had his. A uh, timed release. A timed release or like a life alert kind of thing. So when he flatlined, the computer would send his final message. Oh, maybe that's Farewell. the internet fingers like also tracked his he, pulse or yeah, something. Yeah, he is like a major, major hacker. Yeah. You don't, I, thought, I mean, you know what? I mean, he got naked when he was using the internet. Like, that's how next level his hacking oh, was. Not naked. He got nude. He, <laughs> he did get nude. He got fully nude. Fully nude. <laughs> you don't just draw a circle around your eye if you're, like, a regular internet user. Like, that is fucking... Like, even Anonymous is like, wow, that's next level. <laughs> that's le- legit. It's legit next level, so... <laughs> I just thought I was like, did he go into the cloud? I was so <laughs> yeah. confused. Yeah, he's hanging out with Grammy now. Yeah. <laughs> <Ow>. <laughs> yep. Dot com for murder. I just cannot believe. And then I put on that making of right after because I thought this household has not been subjected to enough. And, <laughs> and low through their screams, I still could not believe. I was just so excited for you knowing that you called it. I this did call it. I did call it. Hitchcockian thriller right up there with Dial M for Murder and Rear Window. I 
I gave my brain a high five. Yeah, well done, Stacey. Thank you. I'm glad they said that in the first minute of the documentary so I didn't have to watch the whole thing. I guarantee you, you have thought more about Dot Com for Murder than this director has. <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I think that's admirable. We all have our crosses to bear. You yep. Know? But yep. I don't know. I guess uh, those internet fingers really touched me. <laughs> I'm taking off my headphones. Show me on the doll where the internet fingers touched you. <laughs> really. We are just going to be rolling in sponsors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Between uh, last week of us getting fucked without lube and now. <laughs> what has come over me? It's August. You've been hacked. I've been, <laughs> I've been hacked by Stace- some dirty birdie. Stacy's firewall has been breached. <laughs> yeah, it has. Somebody took an extinguisher to that firewall. <laughs> Oh, no. oh Lord! Well, you know what? I've seen, we watched it. It's out of my system now. We did it. Is it we out did. of your system? Will dot com for murder truly ever be out of your system? No, no. It's like herpes. Like it'll just it'll go into remission for a while, but then all, yeah. it'll come flaring back eventually. But you for take now, a cream, you manage it. Exactly. For now, I can kiss with abandon. Emphasis on abandon. Abandon, yeah. (laughs) I got my bottle of fennel and my internet fingers. I'm ready to go. (laughs) Nobody knows what the internet is. No one knows. Nobody knows. None of us. I I think that's what I love about it is that like none of us really like we did know, but also we didn't know, and it was such a like a the internet was so new. And so wild and crazy. Like, it was another reality, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think I do end up getting a little nostalgic for that time. Because the internet is such a, like... Shit show. Shit show now. That I love that era where you could, like, fool somebody into clicking on a picture of Goatsy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't fool anybody. You know what I mean? Like, we were all so innocent... And now, yeah. you know, the president of the United States is, like, inciting violence on social media. With fucking tweets. Yeah. So, yeah. like, I, so looking at this inept, like, weird Spencer's Gifts portrait of the internet where Melinda Clark <laughs> is like, anything goes on the internet. Wow. Well, the truth is out there. Push the <laughs> buttons and log on. You know, it's like, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen. All of these films, iMurders.com for Murder, Halloween Resurrection, they were all trying to warn us. They were, these are Cassandras of Troy. Yeah. You know, we, we laughed. We laughed because back in the day when these were coming out, we were all just signing each other's guest book and looking at our counters and seeing, <laughs> oh, I've got, I got 38 <laughs> hits this week. I'm just like looking up Liz Fair lyrics on the internet. Like, yeah, know, right. Some fucking the- angel fire site. 
Yeah, there. I mean, there is something kind of beautiful. I do miss the old days of the internet. I do miss um, when it was AOL. It was just chat rooms and and shitty websites that people didn't know how to make. Yeah. Uh, and then 20 years ago, fucking Blair Witch Project comes along and is like, hey, maybe we can talk about movies on this and get people going to see a movie with this. Right. Um, it was a very, it was much less, I mean, Blair Witch led up to this, but it was much less, uh, kind of like Pride. It was much less capitalized. It was free. Oh, yeah. I mean, you pay mm-hmm. for, you pay your $20 or you just get your free CD-ROM test for AOL <laughs> or American yeah. Love online. And like... <laughs> You know, otherwise it's it's kind of it was a it was a frontier. It was it really a, was a wild west. It was the last wild west, you know. And now, um, who knew that you know ultimately it would be used to swing elections and pr- plant disinformation and yeah, uh, nobody bring back knew. Nazis. <laughs> yeah, and now it's like I mean I think the point you make about it not being it was free. It's like now you can't scroll for one second. Like every other thing on Instagram is an ad. Oh, the whole thing is 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 it's, targeted and marketing it, and. Yeah, it's just advertising has completely taken over. And I mean, before you had to be careful about like, oh, don't don't try to click this forward that you got from your auntie, or else yeah. they'll they'll fish you. But now it's like you can't even go to a website without your data being mined and sold. Right. Yeah, they know everything about you. Everything about you. I think partially, like, what kind of sort of, to me, like, kind of harken the end of that wild frontier era is when everybody, almost everybody, like, there are still people without it, obviously, but when everybody got high speed. Yeah. That changed the game. Because before, it's like... You just didn't have everything immediately at your fingertips. Our attention spans were better. And it's like, it took forever to fucking log on to a thing. Like, do all this shit. Like, log in. Remember your password. Do this. Do that. To leave a comment. It's like, now you can just fire off 50 tweets in a second. And it doesn't matter. You had to to yell at mom and tell her to get off the phone. (laughs) Yeah. You had to be a little more thoughtful. You had to be a little more thoughtful. Yeah. Like, And now it's just all right there. We were all also learning how to interface with each other on the internet. Like, I right. think we we understood that there were people on the other end of those keyboards. Horny people! Everybody Horny. just immediately started cyber-fucking. It was all cybering. Like, Before there was sexting, there was cybering. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so as stupid as these movies are, like American Love Online and shit, the fact that the second her husband is out the door... Sandra is like, I gotta log on to that chat room. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know? like it's so true. Also, yeah, it is. Like, I don't know. It's kind of nice. Yeah, I, I don't know. There is, it, it's definitely there is a sort of nostalgia for a kinder era. There's a, 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 a sense of comedy over. Look at what they thought was the dark side of the internet. When we, right. we now are living the dark side of the internet. Mm-hmm. Uh. They are terrible movies, but they're so entertaining. I, I guess, I guess I just, I, you have really converted me and I love eye horror. I <laughs> I'm so happy we got to do a second eye horror installment this month or this week. I hope, I hope we have many more to come. There, I mean, there are so many of these movies I haven't seen. I've never seen fear.com. Me neither. 
You know, it was but, a contender for this week before I said, well, how about how you feel about going back to MichaelMyers.com? <laughs> right. Yeah. Which was the right choice, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But it's a never ending genre and it's changing. Like, you know, the modern iterations are adapting to the modern Internet. Yeah. Which just means it's all apps. But yeah, you know, it's just I don't know. It's it feels like such a time capsule and it's not like it was that long ago. Oh, but it feels forever. It ago. feels forever especially ago. watching these and how low budget and sh- terribly made these are. Yeah, it's so inept uh, yeah. and so unintentionally hilarious. It, it, it's it's like I'm back in 2000 laughing at at the 80s. Right. Like it's. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. It's like I mean, in these movies, there's inevitably somebody who doesn't even like know what a computer is. You know. Yeah. 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 And yeah. now it's like you'd be hard pressed to find someone who. I mean, we all have computers in our pockets. Mm-hmm. So it's just wild how much has mm-hmm. changed, and it hasn't all been for the better. No. I mean, I'm very much. Even though I live on social media, and I even though hate we're. It, we're on this fucking podcast, which wouldn't we're be possible. We're making internet content. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I, I say this all the time, and we've talked about this many times, that, you know, I think I think the internet is killing us. But I love these movies. They're terrible. So good. But so good. So good. Yeah. There you go. August is bonkers. August is fucking bonkers. That said, Stacy, do we have a listener question? As always, we do. We put out a call for more questions. We have questions coming out of all of our holes right about now. It's, uh, wow, question Ebola. Okay. Question Ebola. It's leaking everywhere. (laughs) But that's good. If you have a question. (laughs) uh, If you'd like to add to the horror I just described. Uh... Feel free to send us a question at gaylords at gaylordsofdarkness.com. That's our email. You can find us on Facebook, Facebook slash Gaylords of Darkness. Uh, Anthony and I are both on Instagram. You can DM us, PM us. Yeah. Anything goes, baby. Yeah. Oh, we're on Twitter, Gaylords of D, which I was thinking maybe we should change it to Twitter, Gaylords of D2 Diddles. <laughs> in honor you know, I of think dot we com, <laughs> I think we should. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So send us a question if you have it. We love questions. We love questions, and thank you to our listeners who uh, we reached out for some quest- questions recently. And thank you. We have been overjoyed with the flood of great questions that's coming in. So keep yeah. them coming. Yeah. Uh, time out. I love our listeners. Right? Like, I know, I'm sure everybody thinks they have the best listeners, but we actually do have the best listeners. We really do. Like, everybody's so nice, and I don't know, like, we get some conversations going, especially in our Facebook and stuff, and it's just... I mean, we complain about them all the time, but, like, they're really great. (laughs) Everybody's really supportive. It's great. And the Brenda, when you made your post uh, about, you know, just, like, what did we want, or what do they want, or what would be the best, like, those were great, a lot of those were really great answers. Yeah. Yeah, lovely. Thanks, listeners. Yeah, thanks. Great. From I tip, I don't know. Never mind. Anyway, Uh, (laughs) what's the question? (laughs) The the question comes from Kevin J. Kevin J. Who asks, "What are your top five favorite slasher films of all time?" 
this was an easy question and also a not easy question because I personally feel like my favorite slashers just have not changed in like the last 75 years. Yeah, that's accurate. Like really, they just haven't. Like slasher films, I love the old ones. The new ones don't really do much for me to the point where I don't really even check them out. Like Terrifier. Oh, it's a slasher. Oh, Oh, it's not. It's not good. Yeah, I just I don't even bother checking them out. So my list is kind of carved in stone, I think, at this point. Yeah, I think I think I mean, it'd be interesting to see if slashers can really happen again. I'll be interested to see how the Black Christmas re-remake does. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I've said I, I really appreciated Hellfest when that came out. But other than that, you know, it's it's been so long since there's a really good one. Yeah. Uh, I mean... I would say, like, you know, we go Scream and then Hellfest <laughs> in, the, in the last 20 years. Yeah. Um, it's it's kind of tough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for my, for, I, I kind of adjusted my answers a little because I, I have my favorite, you know, I'll always love fucking Halloween. I'll always love Scream. Um, but I kind of adjusted my answers to, like, my favorites. It, it is of all time, but I'm saying my favorites of all time right now. <laughs> mm. So, for mine, uh, I went with one that we just talked about, Sleepaway Camp. Mm. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of my all-time favorites, uh, not just for right now. but uh, And then also, on the same notes, uh, Slumber Party Massacre. Uh-huh. Fucking love Slumber Party Massacre. Although it was a Sophie's choice to choose between one or two. Yeah. Um, so we'll just say, depending on what day you talk to me, right now I'm feeling two, um, even though I just said one. But right now I'm feeling two. Uh, Intruder. Uh, I, I gotta see that. You need to see this. I absolutely love this slasher movie. Set in a supermarket. They're doing, it's basically like a floor set late at night where everyone's working the supermarket after it's been closed. A killer comes in, starts killing everybody. It's produced by Sam Raimi. Bruce Campbell shows up. Uh, Ted Raimi gets killed hilariously. It's a great movie. Great gore. Um, that, like, late 80s, over-the-top, melodramatic, gory slasher movie. Love hmm. it. Uh, Blood Rage. <laughs> I mean, I think in line with Sleepaway Camp, Slumber Party Massacre, and Intruder, melodramatic as fuck. Oh, yeah. Over-the-top. What are these... What are these acting choices? Louise Lasser, I love you. You are the new Pope. Uh, and <laughs> amazing gore. Amazing gore that, like, makes me love watching that kind of makeup effect. Yeah. Um, and then, just because it's perfect, and because it's underrated, and because more and more people need to see it, I love this movie, Curtains. Mmm. Curtains is so fucking good. Yeah. So Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> There's some great shit in curtains. It is a delicious movie. People always talk about it's like sort of failure as a 80s slasher. Mm. Um, I think it's a really successful film. I love it. I... Well, it, it, had, it had a very troubled production. And I think yeah, I mean, that, that comes across. It feels like it's there's a few different movies stitched together there. For but me, I it think... works, but... I think as a as a as a slasher from that era, from like that early to mid eighties era, like I think it is just what comes across is everything I want to see in one of those films. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And not to mention, I mean, the killer is everything. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, those are my, those are my top five of all time right now. Wow. Obviously, you know, am I omitting the Black Christmases and the Halloweens and Friday the 13th that really, and the Scream that really made the genre for me? Yes, but right now, these are the ones I'm feeling the most. Good choices. Thank you. Well, I went more boring, and I'm listing the ones that you didn't list, basically, because someone says all time, and I just, I have to, like, which one, like, I just had to go with the classics. You gotta go formative, you know? That makes sense. I had to go formative, and they are, because, like, they are the ones that really stick with me, and just are good, I feel. But, you know, like, like .com for Murder and I Murders, we're complimenting each other here. and offering, This is true, yeah. Offering a full charcuterie assortment. <laughs> I mean, I love all those films that you mentioned, except for Intruder, which I haven't seen. Um, but I, but you got me thinking just then when you were giving your list of like all the, like, <clears throat> there are a lot of slasher movies that I love, even if they're not good. Yeah. You know, there are just even some of the more bonkers shit like nail gun massacre or don't go in the woods alone like i killer love workout killer workout stuff like that like i i listed the ones that i think are the classics and that are my favorites but like killer workout come on man oh. i love don't go in the woods alone it's so bad so <laughs> but so good like just bizarre just bizarre because you know so many there's just so many fucking slashers and even stuff that doesn't get a lot of attention like he knows you're alone or uh you know when a stranger calls or these movies that have scenes in them that are really important in the genre in the entire horror genre that informed so many films that came after oh yeah yeah when a stranger calls i mean that's that's we wouldn't have scream we wouldn't have yeah it, 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 the the whole babysitter uh call inside call coming from inside the house that entire trope like right yeah and i think like he knows you're alone really utilized like i, I think to me i'm sure it's probably not the first but it's the first that comes to my mind like the messiah of evil movie theater scene oh my god which is just fucking masterful people time out if you haven't seen Messiah of Evil, get your fucking life together. I've mentioned it several times in the show. We've mentioned it so many times, but we haven't like we've never done an episode. It. We haven't done an episode, but you need to stop what you're doing and watch Messiah of Evil, and make sure you watch a good copy of Messiah of Evil, not some shitty Amazon Prime no. uploaded like VHS terrible transfer there's a blu-ray out there isn't there there's a blu-ray out there there's a dvd out there if you can get one of those and get your hands on it and if you if you hear of any screenings like 35 or otherwise get to it uh see this movie in a theater with an audience um but it's next to impossible to find in a theater because the producer is literally sitting on the rights and charges an outlandish amount of money to to even screen it so most theaters just don't show it ridiculous everybody yeah. should see it everyone should see it it is a masterpiece and yeah. honestly stacy like that was when i think of the movies you've introduced me to and that final girl introduced me to like messiah of evil is always the one at the top of my list that was like the most impactful like how I, jason and i sat down and rented it and we just were like how the fuck have we never seen messiah of evil it's so good 
So I think that to me is like the earliest I can think of of that classic someone dies in a movie theater. Like, you know, they're like it's got a movie theater scene, but he knows you're alone really took that to the slasher level Mm -hmm. where it's like there. It's a very different take on it. And so I don't know. I think about the original Maniac, which is real sleazy, but is really good. I'm just listing all the movies that I didn't put on my list. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen the original Maniac. It, uh, oh, really? I'm, I'm too creeped out. I'm it's too, I think creepy I'm nervous. Sleazy. I'm really nervous about it. It's got some really intense sequences. Like, there's, yeah. there's, there's one where he's stalking a victim, and it's intense and scary. Like, yeah. it's really good. It's really sleazy. It's literally been on my list since I was 11. It's um, worth and, seeing. I and think. teaching the genre to myself, but it just seems so repellent. <laughs> it's it's repellent, but I think in an interesting way. Yeah. I say that as someone who's obviously, like, I'm pretty sensitive to, like, violence against women and is this film misogynist and blah, 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 blah. But, like, I think it's about misogyny. Hmm. If that makes sense. Like, versus mm-hmm. being just misogyny. I don't know. It's it's a classic, I think. Yeah, there's, there's movies that have something to say versus movies that are just exploiting for the sake of it. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we could do that one. Oh, and no. do the remake, which I didn't love, but enough people have told me how great it is that I need to reassess it, I think. I liked things about it. I didn't like it in the end, and I didn't like the ending. Mm. But, yeah, I'd rewatch it. Yeah, okay, interesting. Anyway. So what's on that list? Oh, what's my it? actual list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, uh, I mean, Black Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. Black man. Christmas is my number one. I and, fucking and historically, love Black Christmas. <laughs> right. It pretty much is number one. I mean, it's the first one to popularize it. Yep. Uh, Friday Thirteenth, Part Two. Mm-hmm. There are times I say to myself, Part Three, but I think Part Two is actually still really scary. Whereas part three has enough, it the characters especially veer into caricature. Whereas part two is still kind of grounded. What is a caricature about the Cheech and Chong stoners? <laughs> or the no. bikers? Or the... <laughs> wow, Stacy, yeah. You fucking hater. I love part three. Oh my god, Vera? <gasps> oh yeah. I had such a crush on Vera. Uh, I... Uh, And obviously Chris Higgins. And he gets the mask, and it's a great Jason. And, like, I fucking love part three, but I think part two is still scary to me. Yes. And it's got Ginny. Scott, I mean, next to Chris Higgins, the best final girl of all time. Yeah. It's got Amy Steele, which automatically elevates it. Yes, to I absolutely three. agree. So, uh, Friday the 13th, part two. Halloween. I just can't not mention Halloween, you know? Yeah. The three girls are so fucking great. Oh, thank you! I wrote this shit, you know! Oh, <laughs> oh thank you, Deborah. There she is. There she is. I wasn't expecting her, but she's right. Deborah Hill wrote their dialogue, you know? She got her internet fingers and booted back into the system. <laughs> I mean, but I mean, what is there to say about Halloween? You know what I mean? It's perfect. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. It's a perfect movie. Um, Hell Night. Yeah. I mentioned Hell Night a hundred years ago on our Halloween episode, like our Halloween recommendations. I love Hell Night. I don't know if it deserves as much love as I have for it. 
but I fucking love it. I love that gothic setting. I love the costumes. I love the killer. I love its weirdness. I love its dated dialogue about quaaludes and shit. Like, <laughs> I love the final, like, the, I think Linda Blair's a little dull as the final girl, quite frankly, but, like, she's an auto mechanic. And she's, like, anti-capitalist auto mechanic. You don't get that every day. You don't get that every day. And you certainly didn't get it in 1981, except for yeah. good old Marty. So I fucking love Hell Knight. So yeah, there you great. go. And then the last one, I have a lot of question marks. Do I say April Fool's Day? Which features not only Amy Steele, but Deborah fucking Foreman in the role of a lifetime. The dual role of a lifetime. I love April Fool's Day. It's incredible. I love it. And I can only imagine, like, it had, even without the internet, it had, like internet outrage attached to it because of the twist uh-huh yep 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 you know but i don't care even with the twist that movie fucking works for me i love april fool's day so much yeah it's perfect it's perfect so i was like do i say april april fool's day or do i say nightmare on elm street part three <sighs> because i also love a nightmare on elm street part three dream warriors yeah dream warriors is really good dream warriors is really good i love those mentally ill kids those rascals i root for them every time but they all die that's so sad it's so sad nancy dies it's so sad it's oh my god that was high fucking tragedy when i was like 13 when i the first time i saw this i was like you know mid-teenager hormones all over the place so her dying in Kristen's arms was just the most tragic thing i've ever seen in my life I mean, that's when you learn how much of a cruel mistress life truly is, right? That's yeah, yeah. that's a life lesson right there. <laughs> it really was. You'll never forget where you were when Nancy died. Yeah. So my last slot is a toss-up between those two. Yeah, that's a tough one. It's a tough one. It's a tough one. Because uh, Deborah Foreman. My yeah. God. Well, and especially since Nightmare on Elm Street 3 is like, it's it's a supernatural slasher. They're, all the right. ki- kids die. There's... There's things on the line. Ultimately, April Fool's Day has that twist. Right. But the setup and getting there is fucking brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. It's a rough one. So there Great you go. Great movies, though. Great movies. Great movies. Thank it's you making for... Me... Thank you for that question. It's making me want to watch slasher movies now. I love them. I do that's love the thing. them. As much as I'm like, oh, well, slashers are over, you know, that's still going to be my favorite genre, subgenre in horror. Mm-hmm. Like... I think they're a gate. They're you know they're a gateway for a lot of horror fans because they yeah. are just made to appeal to teenagers. Yeah, we've talked about that many times. Yeah. So I think so many horror fans have a fondness for them, whether they still like them or not, is one thing. But love a slasher. Yeah, it's that quintessential horror genre, and it's you know it's especially for those of us around this generation growing up with those. It's um. There's the rebellion to it too of like these are the these are the movies that everyone talks shit about or that are gross or that uh, are the most scary to watch. Um, so you you get to be like the bad kid watching them too, and mm-hmm. yeah, they're just so good. Yep, I love well, a slasher. So thanks for that question. Great question, thank you. Again, you've got a question, send it in. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to us. Oh, that helps. 
<laughs> yeah, subscribe to us. So we haven't mentioned that in forever. Yeah, subscribe to Gaylords. You can do that on any of your feed. You're chose just put on your internet fingers. Go to www.apple.com. Hey, you left out a crucial step. You never got nude. Oh, that's true. Get naked, put on your internet fingers, and go to town, baby. <laughs> that's what I'll be doing later. It's just going to be you and Hal and Gerta. Just me and Hal and D2 Diddles. <laughs> hey, sexy chatters. I've logged on. Okay, I'm taking off the headphones again. <laughs> I'm leaving the recording studio here at Gaylord's Manor. Well. This is between you and Natasha Kinski, okay? Me, Natasha Kinski, and God. <laughs> And D2 Diddles. Jack in, baby! <laughs> <laughs>